Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Simply tweet your question at CBS Sports Radio or at Zach Gelb using the hashtag AskThePros and be listening later in the show when we might answer your question. You can think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices and excellent customer service from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hope everyone had a good weekend. Uh, welcome on in. Hour number two of our radio program. You know, I had a very fun Saturday. You know, it may not have been the best planning in the world, but I got a uh, late afternoon text from uh, Elijah Stewart, EJ, who is the producer of the Maggie and Perloff show. And they said, if you're around, would you mind jumping on the uh, CBS Sports Radio YouTube stream? Because they were doing a watch party. And I had a good time with uh, Paulie from Dan Patrick show. Paul Past, who's a good dude. Uh, Maggie and Perloff as well. But when I was on that show, um, Stu, They actually asked me about an argument that I got into earlier in the day. And kind of when you're doing that stream on a Saturday and it's not like on the radio, you know, Maggie's dropping curse words left and right. I was uh, dropping curse words too. But you let down your guard a little bit. And I don't remember what I said about uh, Moist Mike, Big Mike CBS, who's uh, out today. But we got into a little kerfuffle on uh, Saturday when Texas was blowing out Oklahoma State. And uh, Mike thought, this was Big Mike, CBS, Moist Mike, Michael Samter. He thought Ohio State was still going to remain in front of Texas. He didn't think Texas was going to jump Ohio State. Now, I thought maybe there was some gotcha moment here brewing or something was transpiring. And maybe Mike was just trying to get me, like, riled up. But, like, what, are you going to get me riled up on a a Twitter argument and then I'm going to, like, log off? Like, at least it's not on the air where you see me erupt like like, uh, uh, Vesuvius or something like that. Ready? So, But he really did think that Texas was going to be ranked behind Ohio State and even Hickey. Like, this is where you know you have (laughs) lost the room when my uh, old producer, Hot Take Hickey, chimes and he goes, what the heck is uh, Mike talking about? So I just said to Mike, put your money where your mouth is and let's like bet a dinner. And clearly Texas is not only in the college football playoff, but they were ranked significantly higher than Ohio State. I don't know if you saw that over the weekend. Oh, oh I did. I oh, did. you did? Yes, I did. You didn't reach out to me? You don't want to get like some S talking going down and behind what? the back, like stab Mike in the back and, and start commenting on it? You don't want to get in the gossip? I'm surprised by you. I It was one of those tweets where I had to read it like five or six times to 
because I was like, I'm definitely reading this wrong. There's no mm-hmm. way he actually thinks that Ohio State is still going to get in over Texas if they win. Yeah, you know how you sometimes see like a social media takeover? Yes. And you have someone, oh, like I'm running the social media account today for company X, company Y, company Z, whatever it is. I thought Delta 9 Brian took over the Twitter page of uh, Big Mike CBS and maybe was doing a little wake and bake and was tweeting on the behalf of uh, Michael Samter. Yeah, or or he got hacked or something like that because it just the, the take didn't make any sense. And the it fact that no he wanted sense. to bet dinner on it, yeah, I was like, ah, I don't, I don't know about that. So yeah. now I get a free dinner out of it. There you, you go, Perloff too, I believe, right? Does not Perloff uh, somehow get involved in this? No, Perloff just like weaselled his way in where he goes. I just want to be at the dinner table. I'll pay okay. for myself, <laughs> but I don't need Samter to actually pay for uh, pay for me. That was the, the line of thinking from Perloff. So I guess Perloff, yours truly, and Samter are going to go out for dinner. And Samter's going to pay for me. Now, we now all know how Samter works. I love Samter. Love him. Absolutely love him. Tremendous guy. Tremendous producer. All that. Is he going to weasel out of this? Is he going to yes. try to just punt this ball down the road, down the road, down the road, and and be naive enough to think that I'm going to forget about it? He's going to pray that you forget about it. He is definitely going to punt the ball down the road, 100%. So, this is just me and you talking, right? Yeah, no one listening. I am going to say... <laughs> Watch yourself there. Um... I'm going to say that when Samter, assuming Samter comes back tomorrow, I'm still wondering why he called out today. You know, maybe this is, I'm trying to duck Zach, hope that Zach forgets this. Let's think Samter got one by us. I'm not going to bring this up Tuesday when he's back. I may maybe bring it up Wednesday. Maybe. But by Thursday, I'll bring it up. You know, he doesn't bring it up on his own accord yesterday. I will readjust how I feel on Wednesday, but maybe I'll let him marinate a little bit and think he's getting away without owing me uh, and paying up on a dinner bet. Yeah, he is definitely not going to bring it up on his own. I I would bet a good chunk of money on that. And, yes, you're going to have to bring it up, whether that's Thursday or whenever you do. I think it's going to have to be you that brings it to the table because it's not going to be him. Yeah, and he better bring me a steak to the table too because he <laughs> owes me dinner. If he thinks I'm just getting like a Happy Meal or or I'm just getting like some grilled chicken sandwich for like 10 or 15 bucks, oh, no. he is uh, big time, big time uh, wrongly mistaken. We are we are going for a nice dinner. We may, we may take Samter for his, uh, his December salary if we're being honest. <laughs> 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Uh, We will circle back in on the 49ers right now. They're the best team in the NFL. And I also want to show some love to Jordan Love. We'll do that coming up momentarily. But I know someone's on the line right now. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. And the man that is on the line is going to be yelling. He's going to be screaming. He's probably going to be insufferable. He is most likely going to be obnoxious, but his San Francisco 49ers, yes, I'm fair. Unlike him, I'm fair. The 49ers are the best team in the NFL, and they ran through the Philadelphia Eagles like a hot knife through butter yesterday. Debo was awesome. Christian McCaffrey was awesome. Brock Purdy was rocking out with his Brock out and looking pretty awesome, and the 49ers are starting to look like that Super Bowl team that we all thought they could be outside a little mishap for three weeks when they were injured and they were banged up, but they are the most dominant team in all of the NFL right now. So have at it. Here is Ryan in Santa Barbara. Ryan. Yeah! 
former president. Uh, okay, calm oh down my a little God. bit. Calm down. You know what? Great interview, as always. Uh, you know, I'm proud of you. Uh, that was – and I couldn't agree more. Just going back before I roll you on your pick on the NFL. Wait, 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 Ryan, and- Ryan, 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 wait. If before you roll me on my picks, who did I pick to win the 49er Eagle game? Who did I pick to win? Wait, wait, Answer wait, the question. Wait, wait, who did I pick to Last win? Last week you go, you're talking about my 40 winers, and you had Philly at one. And then yeah, last week know, they were the best team in the league. My, and my Niners at three. Last I, I last year, anybody. last week they were the best team in the league. But ask, but answer my question. Last week, answer answer my question. Who did I pick to win? Who did I pick to win? Who did I pick to win? You had Philly. No, no. Who did I pick to win the 49er Eagle game? Don't lie. We're men. Don't lie. You had Philly. No, I picked the 49ers, 27 to, oh. to 24. Now, I was wrong yeah, on the score. Why are you picking that one? Say it again? I don't I don't understand how you're picking them at one. Because <laughs> as of Wednesday of last week, they were the best team in the league, were they not? Huh? As of Wednesday of last week, they were the best team in the league. They only had one loss on the season. Okay, let me ask you, who do you have as – uh, number one through four right now. No, I'll just give you one. And right now, I told you it's the 49ers. And, and right now. Two? You know the 49ers are winning the Super Bowl, right? But and, I, and, and, I don't know that. They should win the Super Bowl, but they should have already I had said, a Super Bowl by now, it. and they haven't because Kyle Shanahan in a big game chokes, chokes. If you Choked in Atlanta, you, choked in you, San Francisco. If, <laughs> if you get you and the crew out there to Vegas, I'll be there. Like I said, I'm buying dinner. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I have, have to, to worry see about you that. in you Vegas? Have to worry about not following up on that steak there because we're going to have steak and martinis and the Niners. We'll have Debo. We'll get the whole crew. Oh, well, you know what's so nice? This is going to be wonderful. So you're going to take me to dinner before the Super Bowl. And then after the after. game, we'll feast on your tears when the Chiefs and the Ravens win it all. The Chiefs, the Chiefs just lost to who? Who did the Chiefs lose to? Yeah. That's but what, what, happened, what happened a few years ago when the Chiefs played the, the Niners in the Super Bowl and you guys were spotted oh, a 10-point oh, lead with seven and a half I to was play? At that, game. that was heart-wrenching. Yeah. That was at that game. That was so was All righty, Ryan. We appreciate the phone call. Thanks so much. Could you imagine? Now, I don't have a problem getting a word with anybody. But could you imagine, Stu, us at the Super Bowl with Ryan and Santa Barbara at a dinner table? Like you, Mike, and Ryan, and then me. Ooh. That. <laughs> Remember when Rodgers found out that Jordan Love was drafted? And he's like, I put four fingers in a glass and, and yes. filled him up with scotch. I would need a lot of scotch for that meal. Uh, myself as well. That would be a uh, it'd be a loud meal, and it would not be me or Samter uh, or you being loud. It would be uh, someone <laughs> Surprisingly, else. Surprisingly, it yeah. would not be me would not being be loud. You. <laughs> it's yes. the one time I'd be a quiet, nice, uh, good person, not this loud, bloviating jackass on a radio. I, I think we could go to dinner with Ryan under one circumstance. We need like a muzzle on him, or like maybe like a shock collar. Uh, a bark <laughs> collar, something like that. We get that on Ryan. We go to dinner with him. We'll take it off when he's eating. We'll let him bark for about like 10, 15 minutes, but then a a shot collar right back on him.
because, man, even that voice goes to a certain octave and a certain level that I think that'd be tough to deal with. He's a, he, oh, my goodness. The 49ers are at the Super Bowl. He's going to crash Radio Row, and he's just going to be yelling during the entire show. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Let's go to Darren in Nebraska next up on CBS Sports Radio. Yo, Darren. Yes, sir. Nothing much, Darren. What do you got? Darren, hey, you, you, you've watched a lot of sports in your life. Talk, yeah, you got to speak into the phone, though, Darren. Okay, hold on for a second. Zach. Yes. We're, we're, we're a waiting room here. It's like I'm in the dentist's okay, office. Zach. Yeah, there we go, Darren. Yeah. Go ahead. Those kids in Florida, they started in June out there in the hot sun, just grinding with each other, grinding. Mm-hmm. And, and then you get a committee that sits in the room and take that away from them. Even if they may go to the bowl game and get blown out. Yeah. But let them go through the experience. You should allow them to go down and get all the perks that they have earned. So what would you have done? Who would have been your four teams? Four teams I would have put, because the word they use is unprecedented. I would have put Georgia in there to the, because no number one has ever got dropped out of the top four. So you let Georgia stay there. Okay, so and you would have Georgia in, okay. The, who else would you then put in? Number one would be Michigan. Number two would be Washington. Mm-hmm. Number three would be Texas. No, number, number three would be Florida State. Number four would be Georgia. Number five would be Texas. And number six would be Alabama. So Texas gets left out when they had one loss. And Texas hey, beat Alabama, but Georgia didn't beat Alabama. So how does that make that, sense? The word they use is unprecedented. It's okay. But you don't take away from that. I am a Longhorn fan. Okay. And they don't deserve to be there. Why don't they deserve to be there? Because of the unprecedented, the word they use. You keep the number one team who's been for two years straight has proven they were number one. And you keep them in the top four. But they lost, Darren, but they lost. And this is the thing, what I said earlier, and thanks for the phone call. It's a Venn diagram. It's stupid. You can make multiple arguments. And I still believe Georgia is one of the four best teams in the country. But they're not one of the four most deserving teams this year. And you have to be able to have enough on both sides. Most deserving and also be one of the more better teams in the country. And when you go down to it, And you go through that, there was only five teams that were being considered. Some years it doesn't happen this way. Like last year, everyone thought Ohio State was out. Then conference championship weekend, everyone fell down uh, like a drunk person after having 15 shots at a bar. And Ohio State was the last person standing because they got drunk the weekend before. So they were there. They were sober that weekend. They got in. But this year, there was five teams after conference championship weekend. Michigan, Washington, Texas, um, Alabama, and Florida State. And when you go through those five teams, you do most deserving, and then also who are the better teams, I'm okay with what the committee did. It's rotten. It's nasty. It's disgusting. It's awful for Florida State. I love the Florida State program. Like I said earlier, I know Mike Norvell very well. I loved when Jordan Travis came on. I love when uh, Jared Verse came on as well. But Florida State plays Michigan Michigan would have throttled them, would have destroyed them. And Michigan was hoping they would get Florida State. They were hoping. That tells you everything you need to know because right now Alabama was more deserving and they were the better team. It stinks. It's unfortunate. But that's the way that the cookie crumbled this year. And the other thing, too, is just on this uh, college football playoff committee and the reaction to it. 
I think it was Stephen A. Smith today who said, oh, TCU getting blown out by Georgia is why Florida State got held out and Alabama got in. That doesn't make any sense to me. And I'm not just picking out Stephen A. Smith because I like Stephen A. Smith. I'm a fan of Stephen A. Smith. I read his book. He was very kind to me uh, when I was a junior at Temple University. He came and spoke to the school and did an interview with me. I'm a fan of one of the best entertainers in the sports uh, business in Stephen A. Smith. But anyone using that logic today, did you guys not watch college football last year? Because TCU didn't get blown out in the first round. They get blown out in the first round, different conversation. They beat Michigan in the first round. And then they got blown out in the national championship game. So they weren't not deserving. They weren't undeserving last year of getting in the college football playoff. So that's one of those arguments today where people are trying to tell you like two plus two equals six. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. two plus two equals four. So it doesn't make sense with people using TCU to enhance their argument of why Alabama got in over Florida State. It's simple. It's confusing, but it's simple. <laughs> As that doesn't even make sense. But you had five teams that were there. And when you look at those five teams that were the best teams and the most deserving teams, you rank them one through five. And Florida State was not a top four team when you did those rankings one through five. Because you play Florida State against Texas with no Jordan Travis, Texas wins. You play Florida State against Washington with no Jordan Travis, Washington wins. You play Florida State up against Michigan, Michigan wins. You play Florida State up against Alabama with no Jordan Travis, Alabama wins. Stinks, sucks. Yeah, Florida State got screwed. I understand that. But that's what happens in this sport. Like, when I was at Temple, Temple won the American Athletic Conference champion uh, championship. In other years, there were schools that when they won the American Athletic Conference championship, they got a big New Year's Six Bowl. Temple that year, because there was a school better than them in the non-Power Five from a record standpoint, got in the New Year's Six Bowl, even though Temple may have been a better team. Just the way that the cookie crumbled this year. It's rotten. It's awful. It's miserable for Florida State. But I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm appalled by what the committee did or the committee got it wrong. All right, Zach Gelb, show CBS Sports Radio. Come on back with the news brief. We'll show some love to Jordan Love and the Packers. We'll also update you on some of the biggest stories in the world of sports with some audio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Caught up on the rumors, reports, and reconnaissance from the day in sports. All righty, let's start off with Jordan Love. Packers get another win. Jordan Love plays another really good game. And here is the Packers quarterback on his strong play as of late. I've got more reps. I'm more comfortable um, understanding where I need to go with the ball. I think the O-line is doing a great job just being able to pick this stuff up. You know, it's not easy when they're bringing the all outs and these blitzes, things like that. Um, but they've been doing a great job giving me time. And then receivers, obviously, just they're having awareness of when they need to be open um, and how long I got. And then just going out there and making plays. The Packers have won three in a row. They beat the Rams. They beat the Lions. And now... This is their best win of the season, taking care of business against the Kansas City. How about those Chiefs? Now they're 6-6. Six and six. Their final five games of the season. I'll do a little win-loss here. They play the Giants at MetLife Stadium on Monday. Win. They play Tampa Bay on December 17th. <clears throat> Good defense. Offensively. Outside of Mike Evans, the Bucks have really done nothing. You know what? I'll go lost there. So that would put them at 7-7. Seven and seven. Final three weeks of the season. Carolina, win. Minnesota. Uh, let's just say that's a loss. 8-8. Eight and eight. And then they play the Bears the final week of the season. That's 9-8. and eight. Like, I was just, I thought, pretty critical. There's a legitimate chance that the Packers don't lose a game for the rest of the season. Rest of the regular season. I would say three and two gets you in the playoffs. You're nine and eight inside the, the NFC. That should get you in the playoffs. But over that stretch of five games, they could go four and one. But bare minimum, they need to go three and two. I'm liking the Packers' chances of going to the playoffs. And that defense is solid. Kenny Clark's a beast. You then look at the offensive side of the ball. We'll see what happens with Christian Watson. But Watson and Dobbs are, showing, are starting to show their worth whenever Aaron Jones gets back. That will also be big. But you see inside the the NFC right now, when you look at the divisions, so Eagles are playoff team, Niners will be a playoff team, Lions probably still win that division. Let's say the Falcons win the South, and then the Cowboys will be a playoff team. After that, you're looking at the Vikings, who are 6-6 right now. You still play them. You lost early in the year. You then have the Rams, who are 6-6, the Seahawks, who are 6-6, and and then all those other teams that are five wins or or lower, you, you know, Bucks or Saints, they don't win their division. They're not getting in. And after that, it's like a four-win Giant team, a four-win Bears team, a four-win Commanders team. I trust the Packers to make the playoffs. And in reality, I know Packers fans may not want to hear this. The wins and losses before the season were irrelevant. 
You just need to walk away from this season thinking Jordan Love is your guy for next year. Now, wins and losses become relevant because when you only have a five-game sample size, you would assume Love plays well enough in these final five games. He should be good enough to get you three wins, and three wins probably, three more wins probably gets you into the playoffs. Let's go uh, to uh, Philadelphia, where Brock Purdy was there yesterday, rocking out with his Brock out, as Brock Purdy makes it clear that everything went right for the 49ers on Sunday. Outside of those first two drives, it's like that's, you know, the Niner football that we know. That's the offense that we know when everyone's doing their part. Everything's clicking, obviously. Um, some great play calls. And then, um, you know, everyone just makes plays and does it the right way. We protect the ball. Uh, defense does their job. Um, that, that, that felt good. So I think there's multiple storylines usually that comes out of a game. But for the most part, Eagles 49ers, we thought that was going to be a heavyweight fight. I thought it was going to be 27-24 49ers. But outside of the first quarter, the game was a dud. And I think when you look at the storylines here, the first reaction is, wow, the 49ers just killed the Eagles. Then it was Debo Samuel backed up all of his talking. And then the fun storyline here is the Big Dom storyline. So Big Dom is the head of security for the Eagles. He's been there forever. And Dre Greenlaw gets into it with uh, Devontae Smith. And Big Dom's on the sideline. He tries to break it up. But when doing that, he puts his hands on Dre Greenlaw. Then Dre Greenlaw puts his hands on Big Dom. And the two of them went at it. And they both ended up getting ejected. Here is Kyle Shanahan on Big Dom getting Greenlaw ejected from the game. Tried my hardest not to lose my mind. Hopefully I didn't embarrass myself too bad. Um, but yeah, once I, I didn't get to see it all from where I'm at. But when I start hearing people explain it to me and stuff and... Um, I just can't believe someone not involved in a football game um, can taunt our players like that and put their hands in our guy's face. And um, from what I was told, um, Dre did it back to him. And I was told that he kind of mashed him in the face a little bit, so he got ejected. But um, it was a it was a very frustrating play. By the way, in a fight, Big Dom or Dre Greenlaw, I'm taking Big Dom, number one. Number two, even with that being said, I do think Big Dom was in the wrong here. As much of a legend that Big Dom is and how much I love the storyline and I find the storyline to be funny, Greenlaw and Devontae Smith were going at it after what was not a great hit by Greenlaw. They were just standing there, kind of pushing back and forth, and then Big Dom stepped in. Now, some could say, isn't that the role of the director of security to prevent anything from going crazier? But in on the football field, there was no need for Big Dom to step in. Uh, let's go to Nick Sirianni the usually very confident head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles and what went wrong for his football team on Sunday. We didn't coach good enough. We didn't play good enough. Um, it's as simple as that. And then, and, and uh, you know, why do you not do that? Well, you got to give credit to them too. That's a, that's a really good football team. And you don't come out and play your, your best game against the, the guys that they have and the coaches that they have. It, it's going to look like that. I don't want to say this game was lost in the first quarter, but the Eagles could have made a big statement at home in the first quarter, first drive of the game, they were driving the ball down the field, had to settle for a field goal. Then the 49ers go three plays, negative two yards, you get the ball back, 12 yards, uh, 12 plays, 53 yards, you take seven minutes off the clock, you settle for a field goal. Then it turns into a punt party, punt, punt, and then once the Niners get that touchdown to make it a 7-6 game, it's like, wow. Through When that touchdown was scored, it was with 7-10 remaining, um, I believe in the uh, in the second quarter at that rate, it didn't feel like the Eagles should have been down by one, but they were. 
And when you don't play your best football against a team like the San Francisco 49ers, when you had a chance to deliver an early punch and put a real dent in what they were trying to do, and you leave that coffin open, not only going to rise from the dead, they're going to overtake you, and then they're going to dominate the game. And that's what transpired. We played a little Jordan Love earlier as the Packers defeated the Chiefs. How about Kansas City? Their offensive problems are still existent. Here is their quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, on the recent issues. Obviously, we're not where we want to be at, um, but uh, I mean, I feel like we're close. We're playing a lot of good football teams really well, winning some of those games, losing some of those games. And so uh, we're kind of in the, the, the go zone now where we got to try to get it going uh, through the stretch. Um, and uh, all we can do is learn from this game and, and be focused on another challenge this next week uh, coming at, uh, to Arrowhead. By the way, the officiating in this game, And the final minute or two was god-awful. Mahomes was in bounds. He was trying to get out of bounds, but he wasn't out of bounds yet. And he's a runner. And they called an unnecessary roughness penalty on the defender for the Green Bay Packers. Then you have Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball out deep. And the receiver for Kansas City, he was mauled. No pass interference. So those two calls, one shouldn't have been made, and then one should have been made, and one wasn't made. It was just, like, crazy. And then at the end of the game, I think it's it's Sunday Night Football, so that's Terry McCauley, who he was fine on on the first two plays where he acknowledged right away they should not have thrown a flag on Patrick Mahomes or, you know, and give Patrick Mahomes a flag, and then they should have thrown one on the pass interference that wasn't called. But at the end of the game, How right away, and this is why I can't stand the TV refs, because they become the story at the end of the game. And even Collinsworth and and Tarico did this too. They start advocating for pass interference to be called in the Hail Mary. We've seen guys basically get thrown to the ground and just get decked on Hail Marys. There was nothing egregious there. And I know that's officiated differently. Sometimes fans... They go, oh, the big announcers, all they do is root for Mahomes. All they do is root for the Chiefs. I dealt with that 20 years of my team. Oh, the the announcers just root for for Tom Brady. Jim Nance just roots for Tom Brady. Uh, Troy Aikman and and Joe Buck just root for Tom Brady. Mike Tirico just root for Tom Brady. Last night, I'm a Packers fan. Yeah, I'm annoyed at the end of the game. Uh, You're thrilled that you won. But how the announcers right away, including Terry McCauley, are trying to make this case for pass interference That should not have been called on that Hail Mary. And it wasn't called. Uh, Let's keep it moving. This is Mike McDaniel. As the Dolphins put up 45 points up against the Commanders. They beat them by 30 points. Mike McDaniel says the Dolphins aren't afraid of anyone in the NFL. The one thing that I really feel from the team and what makes me so happy to come to work is this team doesn't care uh, who we're playing. It doesn't have, uh, it, it does not have an effect on how they prep. And I know um, through experience that those residuals um, are, are, are paramount. Well, it does matter who you're playing, coach. And it has affected your team. Because we all know the potential of this team. They're 9-3, and three, but crushing the commanders who stink does nothing for me. Now, crushing the Jets on Black Friday does nothing for me. Because when you've gone up against the teams that are considered the better teams, the Eagles, the Chiefs, And then even earlier in the season in Buffalo, that's where your three losses have been. Like the Dolphins, we know they could put up points on anybody. But their wins are the Chargers who stink. The Patriots who stink. The Broncos, who as the kids would say, are mid. The Giants who stink. The Panthers who stink. The Pats who stink. 
The Raiders who stink. Sorry, Stu. The Jets who stink. And the Commanders who stink. So you're crushing a bunch of stinky teams. But when you go up against the quote-unquote better teams, you've lost. The Dolphins, the Cowboys, and also, you know, when you look around the NFL, there are a few teams that they just beat the bad teams. They don't beat the good teams. And you've, you kind of have seen that trend this year. The Lions, I know they beat the, the Chiefs week one, but that was without Chris Jones. That was without... Uh, t- um, Travis Kelsey as well. Like those three teams, Dolphins, Lions, and Cowboys, they all beat up on the bad teams, but when they play the really good teams, they show there's still a long ways to go. All right, let's go to Booger McFarlane. He was on ESPN when Florida State did not get into the top four of the college football playoff. The four teams, as you know by now, in a number one was Michigan, two was Washington, three was Texas, and four was Alabama. His Booger McFarlane. To me, this, this is a travesty to the sport. Because we go out there on the field and we play the game. And regardless of whether it looks good at the quarterback position, regardless of whether we win with offense, whether we win with defense, the name of the game is to win. And that's a reason never before has this not been done. Winning a Power 5 conference, going undefeated, and not getting into the playoff. So I, I understand we want to look at style points. And who are we going to get for the best matchups? But that's not what this is about. This is about understanding to get the four best teams. One team has a loss. And that's Alabama. One team doesn't in Florida State. And the fact that this committee could take a Power 5 conference champion that's undefeated. Those kids have went out there and busted their behind and not get into the playoff based on the eye test. Mind you, this is the same Alabama team who needed a prayer in Jordan Hare to beat an Auburn team that lost to New Mexico State. So that's really what has me bothered right now. And let's go to Kirby Smart, who believes Georgia should be in the college football playoff even though they lost the SEC championship to Alabama. Bill Hancock said, it's not the most deserving. He said, simply, it's the best four teams. So if you're going to tell me somebody sitting in that uh, committee room and doesn't think that that Georgia team is not one of the best four teams, I don't know if they're in the right uh, profession because it's, it's, it's a really good football team. It's a really talented football team. It's a really balanced football team. Well, don't lose to Alabama. I, that, that's all I could say to Kirby Smart because, yes, Bill Hancock did say it's the four best teams, but as we've seen throughout the years, it's the best teams that are also the most deserving, and there's a mix. And there was only five of those teams this year. I'll say it until the cows come home. There were five teams you could make the case for the most deserving, and that were the best teams. And when you go through those resumes, and when you look at who would beat who, I think the committee got it right, even though it does feel like it's rotten that Florida State doesn't lose a game this year, but because they lose their quarterback, now they're held out of the college football playoff. And finally, here's Eli Drinkowitz on ESPN, the head coach at Missouri. Missouri's going up against Ohio State, and he makes a little Connor Stallions joke going back to the whole Michigan scandal. Hey, hey guys, I got a quick phone call. Connor Stallion's beeping in right here. I'm trying to get a few signals here, so I got to go. Uh, but, but as soon as we get done, you know, look forward to competing against Ryan Day, and, and uh, we'll go from there. <laughs> Maybe you'll get some help in that regard, too. Drink, always a pleasure, man. Thanks a lot for being with us. M-I-Z. <laughs> M-I-Z. That's a good job by the coach because no one's – I know Missouri's had a remarkable season. They're a top 10 team in the country. No one's talking about them today if the coach doesn't make a, a funny joke like that. And also, Stu, I don't, I'm trying to decipher here. 
was that a shot at Ohio State or was that a shot at Michigan? Because they play Ohio State. You bring up Stallions. We know how much Ohio State bitched and complained about what Michigan was doing. And it's like, oh, Michigan's in the heads of uh, Ohio State with this guy, Connor Stallions. Was that him trying to spook Ohio State a little bit? Or was that just taking a jab at Michigan just because they're going up against Ohio State? I think it was more Michigan, but now that you mention it, there might be a little something there to yeah. Ohio State as well. Yeah, Th- that's what I because I saw everyone was like, oh, he took a shot at Michigan. And I watched Ohio this State, yeah. and, and I was all fired up. I'm like, oh, let's go. Let's see uh, what he said. And and I want to uh, trash the coach. And I go, I think he's kind of taking a shot at Ohio State, trying to get in their heads and play a little uh, mind games before they meet up on December 29th at 8 p.m. Eastern Missouri and Ohio State. Imagine Stallions on the sideline in a Missouri Tigers hat. Oh, crying day would be freaking out. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. All right, this is Zach Gelb show on CBS Sports Radio. You could stream the NFL and Westwood One for free, sponsored by AutoZone all season long. You can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports on the Odyssey app. Get in the zone, AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Um, the Heisman Trophy, as we'll start off three college football takes. I have to be careful here with what I say because I am a Heisman Trophy voter and they politely ask us that we don't reveal our votes until the award is announced. So the way that this works is, I think the deadline's today at 5 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Little disclaimer, I do not vote until after the conference championship games are over because I think it's terrible when people vote the week prior to the conference championship games and then you may feel differently with what happens during conference championship weekend. So I casted my vote on Sunday, yesterday, and it was the toughest vote I've ever had to do for the Heisman because I was tossing and turning, and eventually I thought of a name on Saturday night between the two people I was tossing and turning with, and then on Sunday I wanted to see if I felt the same way, and I did. Um, I think there was three names that you could consider there may have been a wide receiver or two that you could also consider. I'll tell you now without giving it away. Uh, my three votes, as you get one, two, and three, they were all quarterbacks. And when I was determining one and two, there are some years where the wins and losses matter. There are some years where they don't. 
but the award goes to the most outstanding player in college football. And I do think the Pac-12 title game had an impact on the way that I voted in a way that I didn't think I was going to vote, even though Michael Penix Jr. played a great game. But all I will say, with keeping this very vague, as this is take number one, I thought the person that I did vote for, he had something that was so outstanding that none of the other quarterbacks that I considered voting for didn't have, and that was the rushing yards. So I think when you go through that and you look at the rushing yards behind a quarterback that I have not named yet, who has been in the news a lot to win this award and may or may not be the betting favorite compared to the other quarterback that I'm a big fan of, and you go on your own and see um, who had the more rushing yards and the more total touchdowns, that's what determined uh, my vote this year. So there's a college take, uh, college football take number one. Number two, Nick Saban's still the king of college football. And it's funny to me, when you're Superman, and when people take your cape or they're trying to grab and latch onto your cape, it's amazing how quickly, and this not only goes for college football, but in all sports, we give up the cape for someone that for basically two decades has dominated the sport. And you look at what Nick Saban has done. There has been other flavors that have been impressive and put a big dent into what Nick Saban was trying to do and made it tougher. Dabo Sweeney for a while, he had that cape. Kirby Smart, the last two, three years, had that cape as well. But Nick Saban, in a year where you look at this Alabama team, it's not a great Alabama team. Like, going into the season, not a lot of people are picking them to win the SEC. Heck, not a lot of people are even picking them to get to the SEC title game. LSU was a more popular pick before the season started than Alabama. And I go back to that decision by Nick Saban to bench Jalen Milrow earlier in the season. I said this at the time. I don't think he actually wanted to bench Jalen Milrow. But he kind of, for the first time in his career, bowed down to the public pressure, where for the last 10 or 15 years, Nick Saban has had not an ounce of public pressure. But you had Bryce Young and Will Anderson, you lose in the national title game to Georgia. Then Georgia wins back-to-back championships. Last year, you had two losses. You weren't even in the college football playoff. And this year, early on in the season, in one of the games of the season, you lose at home to Texas by 10 points. And after that moment... We looked at Alabama. You're like, oh, Milrow's not that great. Up, The defense is phenomenal. They don't got much on offense. Maybe Saban's starting to lose his fastball. And right away, like, no one gives Nick Saban the benefit of the doubt. And look what happens now. Saban's one of the four best teams. Saban gets to the SEC title game. Milrow the last few weeks has looked pretty damn good. I know they had to pull a rabbit out of the hat at halftime up against Tennessee. They did so very quickly in a snap of a finger by the end of the third quarter against Auburn. Fourth and a milli, uh, fourth and goal at the 31, and you make one of the craziest plays I've ever seen in college football. Hasn't been pretty, hasn't been sensational, but right now, like I just asked a simple question Who's going to win it all? Who's going to win it all in college football? Because even as a Michigan fan, and I don't know who I'm going to pick yet to win it all, it's almost tough to not pick Alabama at this stage of the game. And you know the college football playoff committee would be doing somersaults in the street if Alabama goes and wins it all. 
because that's the most contentious and controversial pick putting Alabama in the playoff. And right now that's our poll question at Zach Gelbat, CBS Sports Radio. Make sure you chime in. Who wins the national championship? Michigan, Washington, Texas, Alabama. That's what makes this one feel so fun is because we truly do not know who's going to win it all this year. Uh, Alabama right now is leading the way at 36.2%. Michigan, 31.5%. Texas, 18.5%. And then Washington still getting disrespected at 13.8%. So Saban is back. Alabama's back. And that's college football's worst nightmare. And then finally, even though I agree with the college football playoff committee, and I am more than fine with what they did, I feel horrible for Florida State. And you saw the frustration and the anger in the hands of Mike Norvell yesterday when he was sitting there on that folding chair and they announced the team. It was very sad. And they announced that his team doesn't get in. It stinks. It's horrible. You're undefeated. I don't even know what you say to your kids. And Jordan Travis, I feel horrible for him. He's saying, oh, I wish I broke my, my leg earlier in the season so you could see how great this team was without me. I can't crush the committee for what they did, but also in the same breath, I don't know what you say to Florida State. Because, yes, I do think Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama are better with no Jordan Travis than Florida State. But Florida State didn't lose a game. And that's just gut-wrenching. And I'll be really curious to see what Florida State we see up against Georgia in their bowl game. And we'll see how quickly Norvell can regroup his guys, even though he's done a remarkable job this year and even going back to last year. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 